0: Welcome to Wine and Dime with Amy Irvine. Every week, it's my goal to share a story of someone's journey through their life and financial vineyard. We take you from their roots to their journey of their vines and the influences they in the air that has helped craft their delicious lives. Like wine, life and finances have different palates that should be celebrated and not judged. I hope you enjoy this week's guest, Scott Vance. Scott is a retired military member of our financial planning profession. Scott put in 20 years of his life serving our country and has now turned around and he helps serve others in the military, understand their benefits. He also understands the emotional toll that is taken on them when they're shipped overseas or away from their families. I really think you're gonna enjoy this show. You're going to hear some background noise, by the way. This was recorded live at XYPN. If you have questions or concerns about your financial life, please be sure to send us a note and we'll try to get them answered in our new upcoming section at the end of our podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, Scott. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> we are recording here live in Union Station at St. Louis and an XYPN conference, and we're awful excited to have you as a guest.
1: I'm happy to be here. Uh, well,
0: I'm super... One of the reasons I really wanted to get... Um, you on the show is because you have a background that is near and dear to my heart and that's working with military members. Mm-hmm. So um tell us a little bit about Scott, like your vineyard, you know, how first of all, what military you were in, what it was like as a kid, um, what made you decide to become a financial mm-hmm. planner, all of that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, so my roots are in northeast Pennsylvania. Um grew up my parents had a small business. Uh I always wanted to be in the Army and always wanted to be a CPA, uh, so they're kind of diametrically opposed. So, enlisted in the Army, uh, went to college, realized that I couldn't become a CPA in the time I had. So, commissioned at the end of my three, I finished college in three and a half years. Went on to the Army, did uh, a couple of years. My plan was to get out and come back and finish up a CPA, you'd go, you'd go become a CPA and the war started and... Sucked me up and I was gone. So, Um,
0: what year would this have been?
1: So, I graduated college in '98. Okay. um, And then, what, the war started 2001? Yeah, so this was the
0: second, um, you're talking about the second. September September 11th, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, And then, once I I was about 14 years in the Army when I could have gotten out, and at that point, I realized I can't walk away from the retirement. So, I lived it for another six years and finished it.
0: Where were you stationed out of last?
1: Well, so that was pretty awesome. I did uh, special operations the second half of my career. So my last assignment was a year at the embassy in Kathmandu, Nepal.
0: No so, kidding. Yeah, it
1: was pretty awesome.
0: <laughs> oh well, that's a way to go out. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, that's an incredible place to have your career.
1: Yeah, I was One there during. End.
0: Yeah, I was yeah.
1: there during the earthquake.
0: Oh my! Um,
1: so I got to. You know, well, live through the earthquake, but uh, deal with all the aid afterwards. So, break yeah. doing all the rescues and stuff. So, it was yeah. really a good time. I mean...
0: Considering what you are going yeah. through, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you said your dad, your parents were small business owners, mm-hmm. and you said northeast Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. So, like Philly, that kind of area? Two
1: hours north of Philly. Okay.
0: So, uh, real northeast. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Okay. Pocono Mountains. Okay. most people know. Yeah. Of. Yeah. So, um and they would always wrap me into doing the books for the business, and uh, so that's how I got started into accounting and money and all that stuff. So, okay. So. When
0: you joined the military, what was your MO initially?
1: Initially, I was field artillery. wow. Um. So.
0: Okay.
1: Um, like I said, did that about eight or nine years, and, okay. and then went through the selection process, language school, seer school, to, to wow. be part of special operations
0: and the language school so what language would you Spanish okay oh. um, you have that sp- skill set Oh
1: <laughs> I, I'm not a language person like and people my family would laugh like oh you're in language school it must be a lot of fun I'm like no it, from like 9 in the morning till 5 at night we were in school and it was only Spanish there yeah. was no
0: it's a way to emerge yourself
1: and then because I couldn't I was struggling I had to do a half hour before everybody else, and then on Saturdays they would bring us in for an additional four hours. So it was the most painful, like <laughs> five months of my life. Uh,
0: Language is very hard for me oh, as it well. Was, I have a hard time with that. It.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's a uh, yeah.
0: So, sure. um, what kind of business did your parents have as a
1: when you were kid? Um, We had a general store. Okay. So feed.
0: Okay. To yeah, auto yeah.
1: parts yeah. to okay. deli, so.
0: And so you you decided to go to college, for that was something that you wanted to do, Mm -hmm. went into the military, and then decided to be retired military, Mm -hmm. so you retired, how old were you when you were retired? Well, I retired
1: from the Army, I was 40 years old.
0: Okay. And then what made you decide, (laughs) so make the leap for me, if you look at, I'm 40 years old, I obviously have a lot of life ahead of me, Mm -hmm. I know I'm going to have a second career, Um, and you said you were in the Army. Yep. Um, So, what was the next step after that?
1: So, like, I'd always wanted to be in the financial industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, last year I was in the Army, I studied and passed the CFP exam. I studied and passed. Okay,
0: so back up a second. The okay. last year when you were in Nepal, mm-hmm. you were studying for the CFP exam at that yep. point in time. Okay, yep. so studying for the CFP exam, mm-hmm. take the CFP exam while you're still in the Army?
1: Yeah, I just got back from Nepal. Uh, so, I was home a month, <laughs> took the test, and passed it, yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, it so was, there's, there's some solid determination in yeah. your roots. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so you decide to sit for the CFP exam. Mm-hmm. Um, you pass the exam first try. Mm-hmm. That's a huge accomplishment. Now, what year would that have been?
1: That was um, 16, November Okay. 16. So was
0: that... Did they had they had gone electronic. They had it was okay. the electronic test. Okay. Yep. <laughs> lucky yeah, you. I think it
1: was one of the first rotations okay. on the electronic. Okay. Test. So
0: you knew right then that you passed. Oh yeah. Oh
1: yeah. Lucky yeah, you. yeah, it was awesome. <laughs>
0: yeah. So you passed the exam. Mm-hmm. Then what?
1: I started. I looked at becoming an enrolled agent. Uh-huh. Um, so that was my next thing. Was started studying that. Uh huh. Um, and then I also started working for a CPA and a CFP, doing basically. Paraplanner and, okay. and helping with taxes.
0: Was so. that a small firm or a larger firm? Or? So
1: the CPA firm was local, and it was five peopleish. Okay. And then the CFP was a he was an only a single loan? owner, sole okay. owner, and I worked virtually for him.
0: Okay. So. Yeah. And then, what year did you start your practice?
1: <laughs> so my tax firm, I started. <laughs> um, I started doing taxes about two years after, so that would have been eighteen, uh-huh. and then. September of 18, I got approval from the IRA, so, or, or R R I A yeah, <laughs> from the state. So that's kind of, I started that, just added that, what, just less than a
0: year ago. Okay, so your firm is about a year in at this point mm-hmm. in time, and you're doing both tax planning and you're yeah. doing... Um, um financial planning with mm-hmm. your with your clients. Mm-hmm. So you're based out of North Carolina. Probably North um, Carolina. Uh, mm-hmm. And I uh, well, on your name badge right now it's saying Holy Springs and I was like well,
1: a little town. I, well, I had Carolina. to look it up. Yeah. I, I was
0: like, oh where that is yeah. and saw that it was pretty close to city mm-hmm. living, um, maybe a little bit on the outskirts of that. And you focus on working with military clients. Mm-hmm. That's a big piece of what you do, yeah. right? So yeah. So one of the most underserved, in my opinion, um, areas of our um, economy is the military. Mm -hmm. And they have some really, really unique systems, programs, needs. Uh, Tell us a little bit about, I mean, I'm sure your background in being a retiree Mm -hmm. is certainly a piece of why you did that. But tell us about the love for what you do and and why you decided to also focus on that.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I saw it just when I was in the army. People would make really stupid mistakes. I shouldn't say stupid, mm-hmm. but I mean it would just blow Uneducated, my educated, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And and um, you know we'd come back from deployment with like twenty thousand dollars in their pocket, and they'd go out the next day and buy a you know expensive race car, mm-hmm. and then a couple weeks later they would crash it. They never had insurance. It was just, you would see this litany of. Stories of just um. well,
0: and when you come back from deployment on something like that, mm-hmm. many of them are experiencing pstd or yeah. they're
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, they're reacclimating mm-hmm. their lives back into uh, a whole completely different culture. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe they're they've been gone for months on an end, mm-hmm. and and. Their children are older. Their yeah. spouses are older. You know, they've they've been in these intense situations for months and months. And then they come back and everybody just wants them to say, oh, look, you're back. Everything's <laughs> yeah. fine, right? And yeah. everything's not fine. Yeah, Everything is very different than what you've just experienced. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you come back from these deployments, which, by the way, a lot of people don't know, when people are deployed like that, much of their income is not... Taxable, yeah, non-taxable.
1: Right? The military has a deal where you can put money into a savings bond at 10%, and that's not taxable, guaranteed right. 10%. I mean, yeah. so there's some deals.
0: And they, But not everybody knows that,
1: Yeah. right? And yeah. that's the
0: piece that when you're working with the your clients now, mm-hmm. you have an opportunity to explain to them some of the options and help them prevent the... I'm going to buy a sports car crash in a week yeah. later situations. And while they're deployed, help their families. Yeah. Yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about some of the things that you're seeing in your practice yeah. now.
1: Probably the biggest thing I see is, uh, well, obviously the tax breaks. People miss rental properties. If you're not tracking the tax breaks for a rental property, I see a lot of, military folks miss out on that because you know you move so you buy a house you turn it into a rental and they don't realize they're running like a business yeah so they're not taking the the proper deductions up to start with not taking depreciation which is another thing and then they go to sell it and they don't realize that the irs is going to tax them on that depreciation so that's probably whether they took it or not right yeah Yeah. so so that's one of the things i've seen um most states have a exemption for military spouses, mm-hmm. and if the tax preparer is not familiar with that special exemption for military folks, I've had people miss it. And for instance, I had a client I just filed amendments for three years, and he got back almost twenty thousand because his spouse she was a nurse and made pretty good money. Um, so those kind of little things that yeah. save a ton of money. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are probably the two biggest thing is the, the, the running the rental properties and then the special tax deductions for, for the spouse. spouse. Yeah.
0: What do you see military members and mili- you know the, mm. the clients that you're working with that are military members, what do you see their biggest struggle overall?
1: Well probably the biggest, so they just changed the retirement system.
0: Yeah, they went to that more, yeah, yeah, yeah so almost like 401 right. k environment. Yeah,
1: so like when I retired it's basically your last year's salary times, for me, 50%, and that's what you're retired as. Mm -hmm. Now they've gone to what they call the blended blended retirement system. And that's part of the traditional pension, but it's also got the TSP, which is a 401k for military folks. Um, And a lot of them have no clue how to, whether they should contribute, how much they should Mm contribute. Some people I was talking with, some TSP, which is the government Retirement fund mm-hmm. uh, administrators, and they're just trying to get people to log in mm-hmm. to the account and take the money and do something with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's probably one of the, the more recent struggles that they're facing.
0: So, and also the healthcare system, right? The military healthcare system to a certain extent. Understanding that system.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's. I mean, it depends. Depends on where you are. If you're on a big base, you generally have
0: decent really base. Healthcare. Yeah. But if
1: you're out, you know, like a recruiter out in the middle of, you know, of America, <laughs> yeah, it, it becomes a lot harder. You start picking up uh, co-pays and stuff like that. Uh, so when I retired, I had never paid for health care at all. I paid, I think, $15 when my son was born because I had to pay for his food and my wife's food while she was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. But the first time I had a doctor's appointment after retiring, I had to pay a co of, like, I think it was $40 but I had never like when it hit me I was like oh wow yeah I gotta start that's what <laughs> civilians pick up too so that's how. <laughs> yeah
0: so so learning to navigate that system mm-hmm. is um, is complex and especially yep. I think when people are deployed you know sometimes their significant others will go back to like quote unquote home, go home. Mm-hmm. and and so that they have the support of of their family around them and yeah. that creates some challenges around the healthcare system yeah. when, you're, when you're doing that kind of thing yeah um now are you working with a lot of reti- military retirees then or are most of the people that you're working with active duty
1: probably active duty mostly because yeah. being somewhat close to Fort Bragg yeah. I get people that commute so um most of them, probably twenty percent of my client or my clients are active duty. Twenty percent, uh, yeah, probably okay. around there.
0: Um, so when you, um, you mentioned you have a son, Mm -hmm. is that your only child? Yes. Okay. Uh, so how old is your son? 12. Oh, so good luck. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's starting to come. (laughs) Um, are you starting to, I mean, being a CFP, right. And an enrolled agent, um, are you starting to incorporate those money conversations within your household?
1: (laughs) It's awesome. Uh, so yeah. So, and I always thought he just ignored it and it bounced off of him, but, uh. We were talking about, so he has to make his first elections for for middle school this year, and one of them was Spanish as a language. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget, he said to me, I think I'll take the Spanish elective, and he doesn't like language like me, He's like, I think I'll take the Spanish elective so I can save money when I go to college, because he said, oh, if I take it now, and I was like,
0: wow, I was like, you don't,
1: I, take what you like, you know what I mean, like, yeah. it's a little bit early to be thinking, but it's surprising that he had actually paid attention to what I was saying to him. Yeah.
0: When you you were a kid, did you guys have a lot of money conversations yourself? Or was it more, you just kind of were aware of it?
1: Uh, We, because my parents had the business. (laughs) Yeah. And I was, we were part of it. Like, we lived there. My parents made us work there. Me and my sister worked there as (laughs) as little kids. So, yeah, so we probably had more money conversations than most. But my parents weren't very directive. It was just kinda of like
0: You were just there. Just
1: there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so your son is kinda of seeing the same thing, mm-hmm. really? I mean you might not be having those direct you might be having those direct conversations mm-hmm. with him, but you're even the ones that you aren't having direct with him, he's hearing. Mm-hmm. Is there things that he's doing that are amazing I mean, other than something like that that are amazing to you?
1: Well he started wanting to work already like uh, at twelve years old. Yeah. He's uh Wow. He's he uh he was like, I hear you have a podcast and he's like, maybe I can help you and co host and I was like, well so, yeah, so he's, he wants to help me co-host and make YouTube videos and stuff. Um, so i got to figure out how I do that, you know, in the coming coming weeks. So
0: you're thinking about doing some videos? Yeah. Is that oh,
1: what yeah. you're thinking? Like yeah,
0: YouTube-type yeah. stuff?
1: He's he's always been wanting to get on YouTube and do, like, videos of him playing video games. Oh, you
0: should have took him to FinCon. Well, well, maybe not FinCon. When I, when I, came, when I came back from FinCon, <laughs> he
1: was like, oh, Dad, like, that's what we need to do. We need to do. So we're going to do some videos. Oh, that's really
0: cool. <laughs> so for the listeners... Um, for the listeners, Scott and I just got back from another conference, yeah. which is a financial conference for podcasters and bloggers and YouTubers. And one of the things that I got out of that podcast or out of that um, conference, <laughs> yeah, out of FinCon, was um, I, I do blog and I do podcast but I've never and I've made some YouTube videos, mm-hmm. but I've never really thought of it as like a YouTuber, right? So I went to a lot of those sessions around how to do really short, good increments of, of YouTube. So I think your son's on to something. I mean, oh. I, you know, they're, they're just so far advanced. like, oh. I, I remember as a kid, and you probably do too, when your parents would say, remember when it was blah, yeah. blah, 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 yeah. and my life was so much blah, blah, blah. And yeah. I never thought I would be like that person. Yeah. And I was joking with the team the other day. Um, because we have some younger members of mm-hmm. the of the team, and I was joking with them, and I'm like, okay, I just want to say right now, if you ever hear coming out of my mouth those kinds of things, like, we don't do it that way, or, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that just seems complex technology or anything like that, then you need to boot me in the butt, because yeah. if we're going to stay on the ever-changing world of finance, then we need to be aware of some of the technologies yeah. that people are using, right? Yeah. So, it would be... It would be great to have your son being the editor of your (laughs) podcast, or I'm sorry, your YouTube, Yeah, um, you know, is a nice little way sort of, you know, if you really want your son to be listening, that's a phenomenal way to educate him at the same time without lecturing, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. No, technology, people, you know, sometimes my background in the army kicks in and I, I think like all these useless civilians doing <laughs> podcasts, making 160,000 or whatever yeah. a year, like, what are they doing? And then I'm like, wait a minute, you know, years ago we used to ride horses into battle. And, <laughs> yeah. and if we were still doing that, we'd, we'd be having trouble. So
0: we would lose those battles yeah, at this it's, point. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, you got
1: to accept it. So. <laughs> and,
0: but I think that's a great way to educate people. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, people are so busy and I know when I, um, earlier today, I recorded, I don't know if you went to the investment news corner there, but I recorded okay. a little video mm-hmm. about our company. And the guy that um, is doing the videos, he's like, think about your intention inten- span. And mm-hmm. I said, about 30 seconds. He goes, oh, you're going to be perfect. <laughs> because, you know, some people are making these long intro videos. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, we need to keep it short and sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our podcasts usually go 30 to 35 minutes. Yeah. And, you know, it's just a perfect, like drive into work, commute home, those sort of things. And we try to always keep it interesting and talk about different things, Mm -hmm. but it is that attention span that is, is very limited, right? So more from Scott in just a moment, after a word from this week's sponsor, which will be Rooted Planning Group. Have you spent the time and energy planting your roots, building your vineyard and want to make sure your financial wine ages properly? Rooted Planning Group, a fee-only financial planning firm, would like to help you nurture that vineyard and uncork your finances. If you are looking for a financial planner that considers all varieties of your vineyard, not just one, then Rooted Planning Group might be the right team for you. The clients that you're working with, is there a particular uh, process that you have in place when you're working with a client? Oh,
1: yeah. there's. I mean, there's. I put a process in place, you know, review... In general, just review where they're at. Take a look at what they're what's available as far as benefits. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's different benefits for different MOS, different jobs in the military. Yeah. Is what an MOS is.
0: And ranks. And ranks and and, yeah.
1: and, and enlisted so enlisted versus
0: officer. Uh, yeah, getting
1: yeah. closer to retirement. Mm-hmm. The, you know, if you're under the, the old retirement plan and new retirement right. plan. So figuring out where you're at. What. Would work well for you, um, and then from there building out a plan and, a, and a, you know a calendar to service that plan.
0: How uh, how do most of your clients work with you? Are they generally longer term relationships, uh, or are you more like project clients? Yeah, or?
1: and most of my clients are longer term. Most of them come from my tax side. Okay, um, so that's so
0: that the kind pain of, point, yeah, right? yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, that kind of builds it out from there, builds that trust, mm-hmm. and then from there we work together long term, okay. um, answering you know further what that tax pain is so
0: when you transitioned from being military to civilian what was that like
1: it's a I mean it's a shock Uh, you know you go from being in the military where it's like you've got friends not friends well I guess friends but you're familiar you know there's routine right yeah routine there's you know I knew where to do I was I went from being called sir to the next day People couldn't have cared, yeah. Yeah. Um, So it's quite, and they try try and address that through the retirement or at least the transition system. It's not sometimes done very well, but um, it's quite a shock when you come out and all of a sudden things just totally different.
0: Well, you had a plan in place, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, you you took the CFP exam. You knew exactly what you were going to do as soon as you came out as far as that goes. But most people don't, have that they don't know what their next phase is mm-hmm. do you talk to, um, to them about uh, that a little bit as they get closer to that transition stage
1: yeah so we talk more um, i know a lot of my a lot of military folks that retire or transition kind of naturally fall into contracted government jobs like uh-huh. security or going overseas okay. or after, so and i know i've talked with people that have done that and a year or two later they're like I'm in the same boat. I was. This is why I left. You know, the military, got out of it, yeah. and I'm right back into it. And they just did it because
0: it was it, comfortable. It,
1: yeah, um, yeah. So yeah. So we talk about that and how we get across that. So, um, and it's tough.
0: But that's a huge impact on a lot of lives. I mean, I work Mm -hmm. with a lot of women, and and I work with a lot of women attorneys and engineers, right? Mm -hmm. So very um, male-dominated professions that Mm -hmm. I work with. And talking to them about the transition of um, changing jobs or, you know, moving into roles that are higher leadership or... um, taking becoming entrepreneurs in some cases starting their own firms you know it it's scary yeah and it's for and I'll be honest like for them it's expected to be scary yeah but when you talk about military transitioning from retirement into civilian life it's not often discussed about how scary that is yeah
1: yeah it's a it was probably the worst. I, I would rather go back to fight a war or deploy somewhere than the deal with coming out of the army and one day, like I said, being called sir and knowing where I stand on the order, then the next day just being a, a Joe on the side of the street that everybody's doesn't know who I am. It That's was, a
0: pretty big statement, so. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it, it, it is. It's that shocking. I didn't when I when they were talking about it before I retired. I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, I'm gonna be. I don't have to listen to the man anymore. I can sleep all day if I want to. And then I got there and I was like, wow, this is not as cool as I thought it would be. So,
0: how long did it take you? And I'm sorry if this is pushing some, like, you know, if you don't want to go down this road, let me know. But I'm just curious, like, how long did it take you to feel? And I don't like this word, but normal.
1: <laughs> it's, uh, I probably took at least a year till I mean, I, till I kind of had figured out. I with the I had a plan, but even at my retired, it took me a while to really fine tune that plan. Um, so probably for a year, I kind of just floated around. I, uh. I mean, it took a while, um, and even now, though, I don't. I, I still don't identify with non-military folks. Like here at Mm. at this XY event, like, you know, I hear people talking. It's like, man, you know, whatever, I'll go talk with military. It's just the way you talk and carry yourself. Like, you know, in the military, you don't come into a meeting late. uh, It it infuriates me here when they have like a 10 o'clock start and there's people filtering at 10 after, um, little things like that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I totally get it. (laughs) Not military, but definitely, you know, I'm one of those people who I will, if I'm late, I'll probably just miss out. Yeah. You know, because I also, when I'm attending some of these sessions, I want to be respectful of the person that's in Mm -hmm. that's speaking at the front I've been a a public speaker before Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and um, I would the distraction when you're standing up in front of an audience when the door is opening closing yes is um, it's really challenging so I don't want to be that person in the back of the room that's doing that to somebody so I I totally I totally get it and and I think um, so my brother my stepbrother Troy is a uh, retired military, mm-hmm. and uh, and I've you know a of a lot of stuff. I've heard a lot of stuff from him. He he was definitely he definitely participated in the wars, had some um, injuries that he's trying to recovery from mm-hmm. recover from. And so talking to him about some of that stuff. I mean, he doesn't talk a lot about it, and if I ask a question, he'll answer it. But um, I always am very just curious about. We just, we always envision our military members as always having this incredible strength, which you do have, Mm -hmm. but we never talk about the emotion that comes back with the integration. And I just you know, like I said, you had a plan. You were gonna come out of the military and you were gonna become a (laughs) CFP and that you were an enrolled agent and you had all these plans and yet even you had some acclimation time, needed some acclimation time. Mm -hmm. So what can we do? What can civilians do? (laughs) Is there anything that we can do when people are transitioning like that? I
1: I mean, I think uh, basic understanding, you know, I see a lot of times civilians hold military like you know, almost like they're superheroes. And
0: well, we, we do m- think you are Whoa. superheroes, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who serves our country is a superhero, so we do think you're superheroes. <laughs> well, thank you, but
1: I mean, that doesn't under- underwrite people's military folks' emotions, Or if yeah. they make mistakes, they should receive. Yeah. You know, yeah. like if they sp- hurt somebody, they should be punished just like mm-hmm. people do. They're just normal people. They just had a job of being in the military, so yeah. so I guess I mean um, I hate when they put people on a pedestal. I guess is Uh-oh. the way to say so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's me. <laughs> I, I have a, I think I have a special place in my heart, number one, because mm-hmm. of my brother being a yeah. military member. I, you know, I think when you when you have somebody in your family that is in that position, mm-hmm. and and you you have such a sense of loyalty and duty, like you've seen what they've gone through that anybody else, the anybody else, you know, that's been in the military. You just, you know what that's done to their family. You know what that's done in a, in a way, mm-hmm. um, you know what that has done to, um, them. And, and some of the things that they've seen that they never talk about and there's just a huge level of respect for that. But then we don't ever talk about what we can do about mm-hmm. it. Like, what do we do to pat you on the back, but not put you on a pedestal? Yeah. Because it is very important, like, for me to be able to say, thank you for your service. Right. Yeah. I'm, I am in a male dominated career mm-hmm. because people like you and people before you fought for our country mm-hmm. and stood up for us and said doesn't matter what gender you are yeah. you can have any job you want as long as you work hard for it mm-hmm. so you know, when you say "don't put us up on a pedestal," I'm thinking, well, but, but you deserve that pedestal. So, so you know, I don't want to make you uncomfortable, but I just I do think it's important that as a retired military or anybody who's in the military mm. that they understand that. They're on a pedestal for a reason, but...
1: (laughs) I just hate when I see people say, oh, that's okay, because he's military. Well, no, he should be applied to the same role, you know what I'm saying? Like, I see, sometimes it just grates me. It doesn't, being a veteran, in my opinion, doesn't make you better. It just, it's different. Um, And I hate when people take advantage of what they say is better. That's, That's where I run into little bit of heartburn.
0: do you find that the clients that you're working with are struggling like this too do you find that they're um think, you know they're thinking about that transition and there's a little bit of worry yeah i yeah. think
1: so i think it's probably in my friends that i've talked with that's kind of it's kind of the same thing i mean saying thank you is cool but letting me act inappropriately or anything like yeah. that is not i mean i'm still subject to the same rules yeah. as everybody yeah. else so
0: well, you know, I, 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 did not mean to go down this road, although I'm just so intrigued. <laughs> um, I would love to know a couple of final questions. Um, number one, I love to ask people, especially people that have seen tragedy in their life and, mm-hmm. you know, something that I'll never see in my life. I don't, I mean, I've seen tragedy, but not like you have. Right. Um, what, what do you define as success? Huh. Because it's very, I would imagine your angle on it's
1: very different. Uh, yeah, I mean, success, I think success comes from other people, like helping other people. Um, there's easy measures like money or, or rank or, or um, any, one, any of those things. But I think probably the most success I felt is when people would say, oh, well, he was a good guy or I would work with him or um, I had an old commander that used to say, you know, hill ride to the gates of hell and you know till the ground froze over something like that it was it was uh so that was probably more than the money or anything so um Uh so yeah just the people that you that we worked with I think that are happy and and would come with you again so
0: and what do you do to recharge
1: recharge (laughs) so my son and I do scuba diving uh he's gotten me into that um so that's probably funnest stuff I've done.
0: (laughs) So when Scott needs to kind of just decompress, he goes into decompression.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Go on out and dive a wreck. Yeah, it's awesome. (laughs) How
0: long have you been doing that?
1: He gets last year. We took our basic course and um, I I wasn't into it. He was like, let's do this, let's do this. And I was like, oh, okay. So we did it. And once I got there, I was like, this is way off. I can't believe I haven't done this yet.
0: How Um, how many different places has your son lived?
1: Oh, he's a... So, North Carolina, Colorado, Oklahoma, Kansas, it's only about five, I guess.
0: Okay. Um, Where in Oklahoma?
1: Lawton, Oklahoma. Okay. Fort Sill. Okay.
0: (laughs) Because Carrie, being one of our financial planners, is from Ballant, Oklahoma. Yep. So, yeah, just out of curiosity. It is uh, (laughs)
1: Oklahoma. At the time, I couldn't wait to leave, but looking back, it really wasn't that bad. I mean, it was a nice, Lawton was a small town, and um, there's advantages. But so
0: Oklahoma is uh, I mean, actually, the southeastern part of Oklahoma is very hilly and compared to, mm-hmm. you know, other parts of Oklahoma, so yeah. Yeah,
1: we were right by the uh, Wichita Mountains mm-hmm. National Wildlife mm-hmm. Refuge.
0: Nice area. Yeah,
1: we go out yeah. there, and there'd be Buffalo. and
0: Wow. And yeah.
1: Uh, so your son got to do that, right? He well, he to... was small. but Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Is there anything that you would love for the listeners to hear or um, anything that you, w- like one big piece of advice that you would give to people that are listening?
1: You know, I always tell my clients, like, think ahead. I mean, a little bit of thought. You don't need to, I mean, we do planning, so we like to hold plan, mm-hmm. but just a simple thought before you do something. Yeah. Is will save you a ton of money, yeah. Um,
0: think ahead,
1: yeah. A, a, little, a little bit of thought um, before you do something,
0: Scott. If people wanted to reach out to you, where could they find you?
1: So they could look at my website, is sheepdog financial, um, and that's the website as well, okay. So I'll go right there. And are
0: you on Twitter and Facebook and all of those kinds of things? You know,
1: too? I just I, I've stayed away from that because I just go down like I'll spend hours there <laughs> and it's like, man, nah, I don't even know. So I guess I am, but. Not really. Okay. <laughs> so if
0: they want to reach you, they should go to your yeah, website. Yeah. Um, your email address is on the website as yeah. well? Okay. Yep, yep. And I forgot to ask you in the very beginning, I think I did ask you this question once, and I asked you if you were a wine drinker, and you told me more of a craft beer drinker, right?
1: <laughs> I drink what's available, I guess. <laughs> wine well, gives me a bad hangover, okay. though. I can't.
0: <laughs> is there a particular beverage of your choice?
1: Um. Well, from Pennsylvania, like Yingling. Beer. Yingling, yep, okay. yep. Um,
0: we'll put we'll put that in the show notes. We yeah. always like to give just a little bit of flavor, you know, <laughs> to the vineyard. And um, we mm-hmm. really appreciate you being on the show today, Scott. Okay. And we appreciate you taking time out of the conference to, to spend with us. And we do appreciate your service and appreciate your time.
1: Well thanks for having me and thanks for thanking me for my service. <laughs>